Well, hello there and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare yourself to dive deep, get real, get close, and find out entirely too much about people you definitely should get to know. I am Jeremy Griffin, and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee or your drink of choice and get comfortable. Here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Today's going to be a little different uh, because normally I just have one guest and we sit across from each other and we talk about uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Sometimes those things. Uh, Today, I've got three people in the studio, so we're going to go one by one. Rachel Burchett. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Brian Orr. Hello. There he is. (laughs) And Krista Orr. Hello. There it is. There take two. Is. See, this we this is our take two. We never have two takes, but Krista's mic was messed up, and it's my fault. Krista, I'm sorry. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> She's used to oh. being second. <laughs> Yikes. She's used to being muted. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so here's what I... Tonight, this is uh, not that any other time that we record is... Uh, what would the word be? Restrained. But today, the reason I wanted to have everybody here is... Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we'll just, we'll figure it out as we go. I don't want to describe, tell everybody. I feel like it's all kind of come together. It has actually. It's really kind of cool how this has all kind of come together yeah. and aligned. Yeah. In fact, because I met uh, Brian, what, just a couple weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And Krista a few weeks before that mm-hmm. uh, from your podcast. Yeah. And their, their story, having her on and then him on, their story of their life and that's just one part. Yeah. Has I have gotten more responses. Oh, I'm sure from their story, and so today I think we're going to hear some more good stuff. Th- another facet of their world. Well, absolutely. That's one reason I want to talk about because here's the crazy part: is that um, you know this was for those of you guys who are uninitiated, you can go to stringgrace.com, check out my brutal life. That's with Rachel. Uh, I'm her co-host after episode one or two, yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, check out those podcasts there. But uh, we heard the love story. Of you two and your beautiful. <laughs> and that, wow. There's this big heart that formed over him. Exactly. <laughs> Every time I say love story, that just happens and I can't stop it. It's just it's part of what's magical. No more kicking to the curb. It's right. been 12 wonderful years. Right. And so I'm you, back in their world and it's going to be an amazing life. Exactly. So you can check out you can check out those stories on that podcast and uh, shameless plug for streamgrace.com. Uh, not shameless. Just go there because there's lots of cool podcasts. Um, but... The, the thing is fun, funny because through all of those conversations, um, especially the one with Brian, I had lots of things I wanted to talk about, but it wasn't my show. <laughs> and we were talking about his, you know, relationship. So a Which team. is funny because that's probably not what he's known for. Probably not. If anything. Probably not. So, Brian, tell me a little bit about you. What What is, who is Brian Orr? Who is this gorilla guy? Uh, he's a nobody. That's what he is. He's a, All of us are nobodies. <laughs> uh, he's a normal guy. Yeah. Um, you know, takes care of his family, tries to, you know, a uh, loving husband, uh, loves his children. Uh, nothing, nothing special. Put you know pants what? on you, one leg at a time. You know what makes a hero, Brian? A normal guy doing extraordinary things. Well, that's Brian Orr. And I think you classify in that. Well, I, I thank you. I don't know, but thank you. <laughs> I think they're extraordinary because you break that word down, extraordinary. It's not ordinary. It's beyond ordinary. It's extraordinary. And I got to do some extraordinary mm-hmm. things. But what I love about uh, the first time I saw you, 
uh, was not a few weeks Can ago. Can you cue, cue the music? <laughs> the first time I saw Brian. <laughs> yeah, so the first time I saw Brian, I saw you on television. I didn't know you, and I didn't know you were Brian Orr, but I did see you, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. So why would I have seen you on TV? Well, um, I believe it was around September 2013. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. At that time, I was uh, assigned to the dignitary protection of uh, Bob Stoops with the University of Oklahoma. Like, everybody didn't know that. Um, (laughs) There's uh, plenty of people on this podcast who probably (laughs) didn't know, but he's kind of, Bob Stoops is kind of like our real true governor. (laughs) He is. He's probably the most powerful man in the state. He so. probably is. <laughs> so yeah, assigned assigned to dignitary protection for for Bob and uh, during an Iowa State football game at home down in Norman uh, had a had a young man that decided he wanted to dance on Owen Field. Mm. Um, so I think he found out real quick that you can't, <laughs> you can't do that. Right you know, uh, there there are signs posted. Your ticket says no trespassing. Stay off the field. Yeah. Uh, I think he had dove into a few too many alcoholic beverages <laughs> right <laughs> prior to his decision on uh partaking in the uh the dance a thon right <laughs> and uh he was politely introduced to a very nice takedown <laughs> was it so. was it similar to what captain insano would do yeah, yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, so, a matter of fact, if you Google it, you can find pictures pretty easy. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, so. yep. Beautiful yeah. tackle. So, for those of you just listening to the podcast, if you don't follow me on Facebook and other social media, which I, you, I why would you? I don't do much there, but uh, I will post a picture of Brian because I think, um, I mean, not just Brian, that would be awkward. <laughs> if I just, yeah, it's like, hey, this is my buddy Brian now. <laughs> If I post just a picture of Brian, that would be weird. But um, <laughs> if you see Brian, you'll realize that he would be about all the deterrent you would need yes. for anybody, like the whole of the stadium to come. They'd be right. like, no, I don't think we can take him. Yeah. I mean, that's my perspective. But um, so you say you were assigned. Well, how do, how does one person like how, what kind of job would you be doing to be assigned there? Uh, well, so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm a state trooper with the Oklahoma Highway Patrol and uh, very early in my career, um, I was asked to to take over that assignment, uh, which I actually turned down. I said, mm. no, I uh, wasn't interested. Again, being, being a brand new trooper, I was kind of focused on, you know, taking bad people to jail, and I didn't have time to do anything else. So uh, when I was asked to do it, uh, I was actually a instructor during one of our academies, and um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel now, I think he was a lieutenant or a, or a captain then, come and, and, and asked me to do it, turned it down. He said, well, think about it a few days, and, and I'll, I'll get back with you. Uh, okay. You know, I didn't give it much thought. Well, a few days went by, and he shows up again and says, hey, you giving this much more thought? Uh, yeah, Captain, I'm not interested in it. Yeah, it'll be good for you. So <laughs> it was kind of one of those voluntold. Right, uh, right. And uh, and lo and behold, it it turned out to be a good deal. Sixteen years of standing there on the sidelines, and yeah, uh, that's that's how it started. That's so crazy. Two thousand uh, 
2006 was my first year with Bob. 2005, I actually did the visiting teams. Oh, gotcha. So hmm. I would escort the visiting coaches in, the teams in. Now, is there two guys? Is there two of you or just one of you? There's just uh, – so that so takes two for the visiting teams. Gotcha. Uh, on, on OU side, there's just one trooper, and then there's one um, OUPD officer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Steve, so, Steve Chandler is, gotcha. is the OUPD officer. And you guys are – one's on his right, one's on his left? Yeah. Yep. Are you always on the same side? Uh, on the field, I'm always on the offensive end. Oh, okay. So, which uh, down in Norman, it's it's on the north end. So, gotcha. Uh, yep. How so, about that? But that's just kind of something that has fed in with me, and that's kind of even I, though I, I played defense in high school, so you right. think I'd want to be on the defensive end <laughs> <laughs> because I've heard some things come out of Brett Venables' mouth and, and, and Mike Stoops' mouth, and, right? I mean, right. Made, made me blush. Yeah, so, I can imagine. Uh, now, now, Coach Bedenboe, uh, ooh, oh, he, yeah. he, he's right up there with a few words that you don't want your children to hear, but, uh, you know, pretty, yeah, no, always on the offensive end of the ball. I remember, I remember specific, this is the funny part, because this is, I remember when you came to the church um, that I used to work at, or why is I working that, did I work there when you guys were there? You were, Yeah, you were probably, I, I, I was thinking I was there. Mm-hmm. So, I just remember someone telling me, hey, this is the guy that, you know, escorts Bob Stoops. It's probably me. It probably was mm-hmm. you. And I remember think like I knew who that was, like because I remember watching watching know you football, and and you have to know my my history with football in general, sports in general. I was never a big sports guy growing up. I played them, but I didn't watch sports much. And uh, and when 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 Bob Stoops took over at OU, I saw him in an interview. It just intrigued me his whole approach as a leader. And so I'm like, man, I'm kind of going to watch it this year, mm. and man, what a time to start watching OU football and the way he took over the program. But I think my understanding of who he is and what I've seen in him is this next level integrity and just, just a smart leader, you know? And so anyway, but I say that to say I've been watching and then I, I'm like, holy crap, who's the trooper? He's like huge. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you stuck out right away. And so when somebody was like, oh, wow. So v- visual deterrent yeah. is what we go for. I tell you mm-hmm. what, mm-hmm. mission accomplished, man. Mission accomplished. <laughs> did you see the tackle live? No, I did not. Mm-hmm. I did not see the tackle mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. I saw it when Krista posted. <laughs> I was like, holy moly. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. That's a good stuff. Krista could probably tell you a little more because apparently she, her phone starts blowing <laughs> just up. blowing up, I bet. You know, and of course, running through her mind that, man, did I fall? I mean, she, <laughs> she can she can tell you more about it than I can. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, her, her phone, phone blew up because again, I think she thought maybe I had <laughs> failed and grabbed <laughs> and, and, you know, so. What was your perspective, Krista? Well, that's exactly the first thing I thought. <laughs> I, I was really scared because I said, here's the deal. You're going to be seen. People watch that OU. They right. watch the games. So when you're running out there like in front of the coach, with the coaches, behind the team, even when you run out, please don't do this. Don't let your feet get in the way and <laughs> right. get a tumble or whatever. But, of course, the game had already started, and and it was one of those, it's not on TV, so – I'm outside in the garage, you know, cleaning cars and doing stuff just outside. And and my phone goes off and it's, hey, is Brian okay? 
hey, I just saw her. You are, right. have you talked to Which Brian? Which is not really what <laughs> you want to get. I was going to say. That's, oh my gosh, it's okay. awful. Isn't that, it's <laughs> the worst. It's the worst. Did he, yeah, you someone know. calls up, calls you up and is like, hey, can we talk? <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, um, yeah, man, what's going on? Hey, can I borrow your lawnmower? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask like that. What's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. Well, especially in his line of work. Right. Yeah. Is Brian okay? Now I'm heightened. Now I'm freaking out. Well, then I get, yeah. then I get, I hear um, Brian has made it, he's back over on the sideline. You know, with, with he's being attended to. That's why I thought he fell. And I was like, oh, Lord, please, no. <laughs> and uh, Are you prone to falling? Is that right? No, but I always said, if I ever go down, don't think I'm not going to reach out and grab Bob. Because <laughs> if I'm going down, they're Somebody going down with me. Because like <laughs> that will be the news. That's right. It'll be like, Lincoln Riley fell. On, exactly. Yeah. Nothing about me. Right. You know, so. Yeah. So one of the guys that's actually there friend of ours jt he's the one he sent me the first one um the video and it was because it it happened while it was on commercial break so you know people you had to be there and mm. everybody that was sending me messages were actually there and he sent me a video and i start watching and i'm seeing that guy and brian's not even in the scene yet and i'm like <laughs> oh my god please don't Holy, <laughs> holy shnikes, <laughs> he took him out with his, one of his coaches from UCO immediately sent a message right. and said, dude, I'm, I'm not scoring that good at all because you left your feet. <laughs> right. You <laughs> Run know. Run through. Run that, through. That's what I think's going on. Secretly, you were like, you know what? I've got a year of eligibility left. <laughs> you know, the whole time, if you, if you watch this from the, from the beginning, I'm actually walking as I'm starting out yeah. there. You know, I don't uh -huh. pick up my pace until I'm 10 yards from him. Because you're a sprinter. Well, <laughs> when you got to get the angle right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, what, what am I going to do? Okay, if if I do do something and I whiff, I look like a fool. You know, so <laughs> right. I'm, I'm like, i got to time this just right. <laughs> right. So as he's doing his, you know, dancing through the tulips on the on the hash mark, <laughs> you know, uh, when he has his back to me, I'm like, ah, oh, there you go. go. That's, the uh, on. <laughs> and he never saw it. It was funny because the girls come in, Jersey and Charlie, they come in and, and I said, and I just watched the whole thing through. I was like, hey, guys, check this out. <laughs> they're watching. And both of their eyes, you know, they're like really not into it. Why don't you show me this guy? And about that time, they see dad. And somebody had got it right at the perfect angle from the south end. And you could just see him. And it's in slow motion. And he's coming through. <laughs> and he attacked. I mean, he hits. The guy goes down. And Charlie said, her first thing was, she was showing it to people and she's doing it. And she goes, watch this. Skipping through the lilies. That's good. And she's going on through and she goes, wham. Oh and there's my gosh. Dad. Wham. And there's dad. See, TikTok, man, that oh, if it was around no. at that moment, I don't know hey, if it was. You know, we could we could give it to some TikTok. We, we can rebuild and it. And make it go viral again. It, exactly. It, it went viral. As a matter of fact, it made the ESPN top 10. Oh, Ooh, well, of course. What, which yeah. number were you? I don't Seven even remember. Eight. Was it? I don't remember. Well, yeah. that must no. have been a good day because oh. from what I understand, this would have been a top fiver. Oh, but, oh, you know. totally. It's if, that's if it just makes the, it to know. my eyes and I don't watch football. I'm like, holy moly. <laughs> I know that guy. See, I next week guy. on this podcast, we're going to have on um, John Leach, who is uh, he works for the Thunder. He's a producer there. And you talk about 
if it, they're going down with you. I mean, you can't hide from the camera when that's your role. That's right. Well, John is the, uh, like I said, he's the game day producer. Uh, I don't, uh, director of entertainment. I don't know. He's got some fancy title. But the point is, he sits at the scorer's table right at the midcourt next to the announcer. He's running the show. And so he's always on camera. And, uh, you know, there are times that if I see something weird, now that I don't go there anymore and I see something, I might text him and like, dude, this, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. my favorite part is seeing a text light up. And then on the 32nd delay, <laughs> if it just happens to be there happened one time and it's like, and it may not have been him. It may have been the guy that's the scorer. His name's Robbie. Uh, but one of my texted in the middle of something and, and you see him look at their phone. I'm like, ah, that for me, I made it on TV. <laughs> that was it. That was my five minutes of fame. Anyway, well, th- listen, you know, so the reason I wanted to have you guys on and, and this is all is good. We can stay as lighthearted as you guys want to, but the bottom line is this, um, you've been a state trooper for nearly 20 years. Correct. Or in law enforcement. Has it been 20 years on it's it? almost 25. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Wow. So 19 with the patrol. Okay, gotcha. So 20 years with, with uh, state, uh, the Highway Patrol, and then you were at Moore, is that That's correct? correct. Yeah. And so, um, man, to, in today's climate, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's all I need to say, mm-hmm. in today's climate, though, we, we find ourselves, it's a very one-sided conversation. And I, I have gotten to know you just over this short couple of podcasts we've done. And, uh, and, and Krista, like when you hear your story, I think the point is this, is that so many of people in law enforcement, um, they just, you know, we talked about a little bit before we started the recording, but it's, it's much more of a, a faceless, nameless, robotic role. And so if you, if a person goes back and listen to those podcasts on my brutal life, they're going to hear a story mm-hmm. of two people falling in love, <laughs> falling out of love, falling in love. <laughs> falling. Keep going. You got five more. Sorry. Five sorry. Five not more. two people, just one person. <laughs> oh yeah. Brian, I, Brian, I, right? Thank you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm not going to do it. Krista. That was it. That's it for the night. I'm not going to do any more, at least on air. <laughs> but in any case, what we learn in that whole process is something that I think is, is missing from the narrative. It's so good. And the bottom line is here that I just simply, I have a platform. I don't think it's fair that there's elements that are missing. I think the other side of this story is really told. Mm-hmm. I think it's told with a lot of falseness. I think it's told with a lot of emotion. There's also truth and facts, but I think the bottom line is it's still a one-sided story. And we're not going to talk about tonight necessarily anything that's gone on in the news, but I want to talk about is what it's like for you as a state trooper and Krista for you as the wife mm-hmm. of a state trooper. Yeah. And I want people to understand and begin to realize that there, there is far more to the narrative than Absolutely. is being allowed mm-hmm. out. And I've got Rachel here because why not? <laughs> well, I, you know what? I can, I can represent the th- what I didn't know and then what I have grown to fall in love with being integrated and not just my, 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 they're my family, but getting to understand what he does mm-hmm. and honoring and, and watching her cry and watching her worry and, and getting educated and valuing his life. And he puts it on the line for me every day when he puts that suit on 
to keep me and my boys and my family and my grandchildren safe. Right. And I wasn't taught to fear law enforcement. I was taught to honor and respect. And that's something I feel like we're missing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. So, so here's the thing, like I've alluded to already, Brian, you're a big dude. Always been a big dude, right? Uh, I mean, for the most part, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm average. <laughs> average. <laughs> so you played uh, what? What position? Were you a linebacker? I was. I mean, that was a stupid question. I mean, just look at the guy. He was, oh, he's he a linebacker. Was a receiver. If you played college football or played football, you're a linebacker, just definitely. So, uh, so you you've always had that build. I would imagine, like you you know, we said before, there's a level of. Uh, intimidation, I would think that just goes like if if you pulled me over and I didn't know you, well, heck, I'll be honest. If you pull me over and I do know you, I'm like, well, crap. Um, <laughs> as long as you're not, not as long as you're not playing that music, we're, we're okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> hi, Officer Orr. <laughs> so I definitely couldn't flirt to called, get out of a ticket, right? I find out he was called the Ornado. He was, yes, the Ornado. Yeah, I like that. that was uh, when I was attack officer. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, cadets. So <laughs> called me that. So here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm just going to start off here. And Rachel, honestly, the reason I have you here, I want you to ask whatever question you want to ask. Too. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about just right now. What is it like right this minute for you? What is your thought process when you get up uh, and you you go out for the day? Um, in the current client, I mean, what? What goes on in your mind? Well, there, there, there are a couple. First of all, the uh, my goal is to always come home to my family. Period in the story. Uh, and if I offend someone doing that, you know what? It's the price of doing business. Uh, that I don't wake up wanting to offend anybody, wanting to upset anybody. Um, but again, my uh, my wife and my children are number one to me, and uh, I will do whatever I have to 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 come home to them at the end of the day. Yeah. And, um, in today's society, today's climate of, of everything that's going on, irregardless of what I do or what I say uh, on the side of the road or interaction with almost anyone, it's always construed as being wrong, mm. no matter what it is. Even if it's right, it's either taken out of context or someone judges it or something, but it's always wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that's not saying that there's not, bad apples out here sure. i'll be the first one to admit are there bad officers out here absolutely mm-hmm. yeah uh but there are bad preachers right mm-hmm. there are bad attorneys there are bad judges doctors mm-hmm. whatever yeah because uh, you know what there are bad people there are bad Period. people yeah. and all of yep. those bad people all most of them well yeah. no i don't know most of them, some of them have jobs yeah yeah you're right yeah. and and unfortunately law enforcement uh we get put at the forefront mm. of everything yeah um because we wear a uniform right because we're trying to correct bad behavior we get criticized for it yeah again that's not saying that mistakes don't happen or that officers troopers make bad decisions it happens we're human Mm -hmm. um don't put me in the same category as everyone else Mm -hmm. right right Mm -hmm. because i i i guarantee you and this is a guarantee there's not a cop trooper deputy that wakes up any morning and goes i want to go kill somebody today right Right. furthest thing from our mind right it's the last maybe maybe a little bit more like i want to come home tonight exactly and you want everybody safe absolutely you know uh 
I've been blessed to have not have to fire my weapon in the line of duty, mm-hmm. and I pray I never have to. Yeah. yeah. If I can finish out my career and I never have to squeeze that trigger other than at a target, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am okay with that. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> you never – are we trained to take lives? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're not trained to wound people. And you hear that all the time. Well, why don't you shoot the gun out of their hand? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, or, or you hear something, why can't you shoot them and wound them? Yeah. Well, they're shooting at us. Right. Okay. I mean, we're, we have fired a weapon for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we just don't pull a gun out of our holster and start shooting for no reason. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the just the training? Is there annual updates and things like that yes. uh the training we receive in and handling a firearm is especially with the oklahoma highway patrol is some of the best matter of mm-hmm. fact other agencies throughout the nation come to oklahoma to to train with our instructors because that's how good they are wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we spend numerous hours yearly training mm-hmm. training uh, and that's on all the weapons that we um, I carry a shotgun, I carry a, an AR-15 rifle, and I carry my sidearm. And we are highly qualified in operating all of them. Yeah. You know, I didn't know until I met him that their training is, is militant, that they go through in the academy. I didn't know that. Yeah, we're, we're one of a uh, few states that still have a high-stress indoor, uh, living indoor academy, 20 weeks long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, Can I just go to that? I mean, <laughs> I don't need to become a, an officer of the law. I just want to go to it to kind of get in shape. <laughs> well, that's one thing about the Oklahoma Highway Patrol Academy. Yeah, they will get you in shape. Right. Uh, I just, but I it, mean, you were in the transition of what it used to be and then what it became, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, you know, traditionally the, the, the Highway Patrol Academy was run, 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 run. I mean, uh, a guy would come out and he wasn't, you know, 150 pounds, but he could run, you know, 9,000 miles. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and as as we've become more educated on the human body and how it breaks down and what you need to do to build it up. Um, our academy is still high stress. I mean, but the physical side of it, we have guys now that come out with muscle, you know, Mm -hmm. they'll have a 30 inch waist and shoulders and a chest, you know, and can fight and shoot and do everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to sign up for that class. I got to watch a video. He showed me his video. It was, Oh, nice. It was, I had again getting educated on what they do. Right, is was so impressive five, and highly respected. Five years of college football and that Highway Pro Academy was the toughest thing mentally and physically I'd ever gone through in my life. Wow. Uh, we had I started out with eighty three cadets in my academy. We only graduated fifty three. Wow. Uh, we well, had, what year was that? Two thousand two when okay. I went through. Yep. Wow. Uh, we had former military that washed out yeah, yeah they did i mean wow. and, and several of them said hey man i've already done this once I ain't doing it again mm-hmm. wow. you know so it's not that they probably couldn't have made it they, they've just been through it once because if they come to me right now and said hey for you to uh continue to be a trooper you got to go to the academy again no buddy <laughs> <laughs> you're like i'm good uh, i'm done uh, i'm retiring <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah very very difficult uh very difficult academy very difficult training high, very high attrition rate yeah yeah so that's, I just think, you know, this is the, the narrative that's out there. It's so frustrating because it's like everyone's an expert 
and yet nobody has any clue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's why I'm asking questions, right? I assume some things because, you know, I have friends, other friends in law enforcement to all sorts of different capacities. I mean, from working at the, the jail to Oklahoma City Police, I mean, you just name it. And so, and I think there is a variation there. Like when I think about what they they do, I mean, some of it you're like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Because I think for the average person, and I'll call myself the average person, we see no difference between a local police officer and a state highway patrolman. Oh, I'm going to 100% say that's true. Yeah. I, did, I didn't. Like what is, what are, what are some of the, is there any other difference besides jurisdiction? So, especially up here in the metro area, Oklahoma City, Tulsa area, a lot, and you know, um, everybody sees a cop. Right. That's mm-hmm. it. They don't mm-hmm. distinguish uniforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's all all the same. You get out in the rural parts of Oklahoma, and you'll you can definitely see the separation. Mm. Um, There's more sheriffs, right, in that world. The sheriff's department does more in the rural areas. Well, or? I mean, we. The Highway Patrol, we cover all 77 counties in the state, gotcha, okay? Yeah. Uh, but we have 77 sheriffs that have all of their deputies and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but they're, they usually don't do the traffic investigation things. That's left up to us, you know? So we're, we're a highway, uh, county road, state highways. Uh, what, what, what I hear a lot, though, is I'll stop a car in downtown Choctaw, yeah. and I'll go, well, you're you're a trooper. You can't stop me here. I'm not on the interstate. <laughs> well, see that big giant doormat, state of Oklahoma. Right. I, I can stop anybody I want anywhere I want. Uh, right. But that, that, that's what you see, though, and 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 in the metro areas, you, you don't distinguish between the two. Um, of course, we're we're known for our little smoky hats that we wear, you know, and that's uh, that's part of our uniform, and that that kind of separates us a little bit from from everyone else. Now there are some sheriff's offices that that wear those. You're starting to see them go to more cowboy hats now, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like Texas DPS. But um, that's kind of what we're known for is that is that round brown hat. But is, is your training regimen is, feels like to me would be radically different from that of very much so. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's not a lot of agencies that that do their own academies. OCPD does, Tulsa does, Lawton does, Norman. Uh, of course us but we are the only one that again is right there all day every day they go home at the end of the day at five o'clock and they have weekends off yeah like our we don't like tanner yeah tanner just became a trooper yeah. right yes went to the academy he, he went through he did the he was during covid right it was a little rough what did they do different you think i don't think they stayed there i need to have tanner they, on the podcast they didn't stay there did they yeah they, they were they were hit and miss um yeah. uh, they were segregated uh they were put into another they went to a hotel as well so I and so. i mean it was, mm-hmm. it was a difficult training process yeah. for them yeah. uh they were still required to do their pt and things like that but it wasn't regimented it, as mm-hmm. much as what ours was which i mean it's be almost impossible i mean we got you got people live all over the state you know that you're trying to train that are you know not always there every day so 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 brian this is this may seem like an obvious question but we'll just ask anyway are you a racist (laughs) you know what here's the deal okay no No. okay Uh, but i mean are you sure because how can you really know (laughs) well i i know okay Uh, um People, if you look at my birth certificate, it says Indian male on it. Uh, does it say? Well, that male? doesn't mean you can't be racist. And that's true. <laughs> that, that's that's a very true statement. But here, here's my deal: is if anybody ever wants to know what I have done as a law enforcement, it's all open records. Yeah. Okay. You can go get and you can see every ticket I've written, every arrest I've made, 
And without pulling the numbers here, I'm spitballing. Mm-hmm. 90% of my contacts, written citations are arrest. I've been to white males. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I want, as a white mm-hmm. male, I want to sarcastically thank you for that. Uh, In fact, general. I, I, will, I will do you one better. Uh, <laughs> Great. I, I, uh, I actually conducted a traffic stop today uh, down in Carter County. And um, I checked a guy on a motorcycle coming up behind me in and out of traffic at 102 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what kind it, of bike was it? It was a Kawasaki. Okay. Mm-hmm. Little crotch rocket. Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> 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 I'm a little late on the button. Yeah, you can say that. Okay. Uh, a sport bike. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Crotch rocket's uh, nice. Very, very fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, I had I, I no white, black, pink, purple, orange. I had no idea of his of his race. Uh, of course, I hit my rear decks to let him know, hey, you're doing something wrong. Right. Uh, so he pulls over. I get out. He's got a black helmet on with a black face shield. So, again, gloves on, jacket on, pants on. I can see zero skin color. I ask him to take his helmet off. He takes it off. It's a young black male. Let me see your driver's license. Tell him why I stopped him. Hang tight. Be right back with him. Went up to my unit, ran it, everything, come back, said, sir, here you go. It was a warning. Yeah. Well, it's because you're racist. Yeah, yeah, apparently I'm a racist. No, and so. I'm, I'm going to say this. No, seriously. So so you answer this question. Did you do that because of the current climate? Uh, I did not. So let's so talk about why you gave him a warning. So as I'm talking to him, uh, he tells me what he's doing, where he's going. He's heading down to Mythologian, Texas. Uh, he has just moved from his home in Moore, and uh, his parents live down there. And his wife is in the military, and she has been transferred to Japan. So he's going down there. He's saving money to be able to move over there to, to mm-hmm. be with his wife. So uh, that's one good deal about the patrol is they teach us you don't always have to write a ticket. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to dig into somebody's pocketbook to get their attention. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, could he have been pulling the wool over my eyes? Oh, absolutely he could have. But as I talked to this young man and we visited, um, I felt I could get more done with sugar than I could vinegar. That's yeah. good. And, uh, That's good. I, I, I think he will probably take this and talk to his yeah. brother, or yeah. his cousin, his friends, and go, hey, you know what? I mean, I could have impounded his bike. Yeah. Right. I could have rode him wow. reckless driving. I could have cost him so much money today that maybe he'll take this and go, hey, I deserve that a ticket, and he wrote me a warning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, Very good. but yet I'm, I'm a racist. Well, yeah. I mean, I think this is the de facto uh, stance of the social justice warriors of today is that basically if you are not uh, ashamed of being light skinned, then you're a racist. And I, I just, I mean, I don't think they should be any one in that position should be ashamed of any color of your skin <laughs> like that doesn't mm-hmm. again it's just ironic i i look at somebody like martin luther king who says that i had this dream that my kids i'm paraphrasing of course would be judged by the content of their character not by the color of their skin and yet we live in a world right now where everything revolves around that and it's and basically what i've gathered and of course i don't know anything because i'm a white man i'm privileged so i can't speak to this with any kind of real authority so take it for what it is however we do live in a world where now the thought process is we're going to fight racism with just more racism. Like we'll just, we'll offset it that way. And so anyway, I, the racism part of this is, is a lot less because I think just in general, the outlook on law enforcement in this country has gone from 
uh, swaying a little bit to the left and right in the middle of the road to being you either hate them or you love them. Mm-hmm. They're, you're either an authoritarian or you are an anarchist. Like these are the two options. If I was going to be anything, it'd be closer to anarchist. But I still, I don't look at law enforcement for anything other than they're doing a job. They've gotten to, yes, there are some dudes that were jerks in high school and they thought I can keep being a jerk by being a cop. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I brought up Tanner. I know Tanner. He's my kid's age. Yeah. He he ran around with my kids. He's one of the most respectful Mm -hmm. young men I've ever known in my life. Hardworking. I know him. I know my buddy Scott, who is a great dude. I know Brian. I, in fact, I don't, uh, Alan Wallace, I, I don't know anybody who is in law enforcement that's an idiot, that's a racist, that's a bigot, that's anything bad. These are good, good quality people. people. Yeah. And so, you know, that's just my own experience. It's probably only because I'm white. I don't know. Maybe not. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, I just that traffic stop that he just explained, let's take it to this level. Brian just said that the, the young man said he was trying to get home. He's trying to save money to go see his wife. Now, he was breaking the law, but he was going to go see his wife, yeah. who just got transferred to Japan. At the end of the day, Brian wants to get home to see his wife. Right. <laughs> These are two... If you was if somebody was to drive by and to see that picture and didn't hear anything that was going on, they're gonna err on the side of what media is saying. Sure. But yet these two men want to get home to their wives. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they both got home to their wives. Yep. Safe and sound. Now, slowed him down because you probably did save his life. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. But but th- I think that's where Krista comes in. Yeah. And that's where, that's pers- man, you're so good. Oh, what thanks. a great, you what a great segue. Cause I was literally <laughs> going to say, all right, Krista, we've laid the groundwork. And, and let me just say for all those who listen, look, I'm not trying to make this a race thing. I'm really no. not. In fact, I'm, that's not my point. That's, it's not a race thing, which is kind of why we're talking just about the it. topic in itself automatically brings up tension because right. when we walked in the house tonight and we decided we're going to have this conversation, we all kind of went, Okay. Yeah, I go. didn't give and anybody sh- for those listening. I gave what ten minutes warning, maybe because I was just going to talk to Brian today, and we were going to. I was going to dive into this, but I really wanted to get Krista's thoughts. And now that we're forty minutes into the podcast, I feel like it's <laughs> about time because your co-host is good. Exactly. Well, Jeremy, <laughs> before you do, that's that's on my end. That has been one of the concerns with me always is because is she going to be judged? Mm-hmm. Right. Is she going to be called a racist because of what i do Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. you know so i have those same fears for Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. is somebody going to attack her is somebody going to attack my children at school right Mm -hmm. you know when you got kids that are playing songs that say f the police Mm -hmm. and i mean (laughs) things like that i mean do i need to be concerned about that Mm -hmm. do i need to be fearful for my children Mm. you know just because she's married to me Mm. okay does she have a target order wow You know, well, so in her 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 attack could be more social media, mm-hmm. social media bullying, Instagram bullying, and, and the girls too. Yep. You know, yeah. So. All right, so Krista, that's funny that you said as far as social media. Um, I do have both accounts, Facebook and Instagram. I don't do much at all on Instagram at all anymore. Um, Facebook, I have really back down unless I'm sharing something about my family mm-hmm. that is good. 
I stopped the <clears throat> back last summer when everything was was really exploding. Um, I have a friend of mine that I went to high school with that we had just connected and I hadn't seen her in years. Didn't see her here, but we had talked on the phone a few times and and um, everything about, you know, and I'll, I'll probably be the one to say it, the BLM, all of the stuff that had nothing to do with that whatsoever. Um, she, there was a post that came up and all I said on the post that had anything to do with it was, you know, just that you're hearing one side of the story. No one is listening to what about the lives of the officers through the year. Right. Um, before Brian and I got married, I'll just put it at this. I didn't pay that much attention to um, how many lives are lost, how many sacrifices are made. I have an app on my phone that not, I guess not everybody really can have. No, well, no, you can't. You have to, um, you have, to have credentials. Officer Down Memorial Page. And last year, right now we're at 97. For 2021? For this year. Wow. We're at 35%. And these are officers all over the United States. And last year, we just kept getting another, another notification, another one. Every time the ding would go off, I mean, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. So on that Facebook post, of course, the only thing I said was, hey, um, maybe you need to know the other side of the story. And the side that I'm going to go with and I'm going to choose is my husband's side, mm -hmm. is law enforcement. Yeah. Because the things that you're believing and the things that you're thinking are, is all correct, has been skewed so terrible. And my husband is not a racist. Mm -hmm. And on this wonderful social media post, she called me out. And she said, well, sister, she lived in my house. Let's just put it this way. She lived in my house my freshman year. She was a sophomore. My mom and dad brought her in and let her stay with us because her dad had abused her numerous times. Mm. And she is a little black girl, but she was my sister. Mm -hmm. Didn't think anything about it. Never one time thought anything about the color of her skin. She was just part of us. On this post, she calls me out and says, um, well, I thought you were going to be smart and actually pick the side of, of what was right. But if you're going to pick the side of the pig, mm. then I guess this is where our, our lives cross, they end. We've crossed, but it's over. Mm. I remember reading that going, wow, okay, Lord, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done of tippy-toeing. I'm done of, I stand beside law enforcement. And just like Brian said, there's some bad ones. I got, I got all that. But as we've already said, they're all around, all around. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But as a wife and as a mama, mm-hmm. um, the only thing that I can say is every day, last year, every time he would have to go to the Capitol and be involved in anything that was going on there, anything, if they were going to have a riot, if they were bringing people in, if all of this was going to take place, I would wait till he left because I put on the front and my front was always good. You're going to be back. Everything's going to be okay. But he would leave. I'm a cleaner. I'm a, I, I clean. I organize. I mow. I'm weed eating. I'm doing laundry. I'm doing 900 things, whatever needed to be done around that place to stay busy and stay focused Mm -hmm. and he was always good if he had a minute just to send and say I'm good everything's okay don't worry or if he had a chance to call Mm -hmm. because he already knew the woman at home was going just bring him back don't let anything happen don't let anything happen there don't let anything happen on the way and I might have kicked him to the curb numerous times there, Jeremy, <laughs> as you always want to bring up and say. But I can't imagine life without this man. Yeah. And talk about the most loyal. That's what showed in his story. Mm-hmm. Loyal to somebody who didn't deserve it. And even now, he's loyal to some that don't really deserve it. Yeah. I ride along with him quite a bit and when I do the ride-alongs there are times I'm like why don't you just go ahead and give him a ticket I don't care what his skin color it has nothing to do with that it has to do with you walked up and you had a conversation with him and he's acting like you're putting him out because he just took the paint off the side of the vehicle and you're you've stopped him now why are you not going ahead and writing him up sometimes conversation goes a lot better than any type of tickets i'm not that person i'm i'm watching everything too he's got me we've been married 12 years and i watch my six all the time my head's on a swivel he made the statement about um while ago about being a target there are times i think our kids are because we're so strict on our kids. Um, and I think they take a lot of the blunt for just people being mean. And I know kids can just be mean all the way around, but our two girls, because they don't get to stay out later, they don't get to do this, they're not running with the crowd that's smoking the dope and singing the songs that say, like, the police. And because they're not, you know, they get picked on. And so if anybody's a target, I think we've got two that are targets that are so good. And it's because dad, you know, everybody wants to be their kid's friend. We're not, we're not that. God put us in a place that you need to train them need to get them prepared because when they leave this house 
You need to know you've equipped them completely. And so sometimes it's okay just to not be their friend and say, I'm taking that phone away from you because I saw what you were doing. So our house is pretty strict, needless to say. I don't know. <laughs> A little shout out to my wife for bringing the Kleenex in here. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, I've, I've seen her not physically, but I hear stories that she tells people and things that I, I don't know because I'm not there to always see them. Um, and then I hear them later, you know, today and other times and the pain that she has to go through and not, not just her, I'm talking any husband of a, of their wife is in law enforcement or vice versa. Right. Um, the real heroes are the spouses. Yeah. It's not us. It's the spouses that have to deal with it daily in day in day out. You mm-hmm. know, are we coming home? Are we not coming home? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we, when we do go to work and we get called a racist or a pig, or you stop me because of my skin color, or you've done this or you've done that. Um, I'm not real big on sharing with her. Um, things usually set for long periods of time before they come out with me but when they do come out it's pretty violent and i'm not talking violent in me being angry with her or anything mm-hmm. like that i'm just how i voice it comes out violently sure um and then she has to deal with it mm-hmm. right and it's again she's the one that has to deal with a lot more than i deal with yeah and again not just her any spouse of law enforcement or right. mili- or military yeah i ran inside thunder.com for a few years and uh one of the, our reporters was uh, Sam Merch, and she was a school teacher in Oklahoma City, and her husband is in law enforcement. And uh, I just, you know, knowing her, <laughs> and then knowing Krista, and being able to spend time, and and then like Chris, uh, not Christy, uh, Allison Whitlock, mm-hmm. and just knowing the spouses' side of this, and I think this is what's so important is that, um, and again, why I wanted to even have this discussion tonight is I think this is incredibly important for people to understand and, and again, bring a little bit of humanization to the people that are being criticized constantly. And to your point, Brian, of course, there are bad police officers. There are bad law enforcement officers. There are bad everything and everything. That's just a reality. But the idea that we have, I mean, let's just think about it like this. Right now, as we sit here, um, the defense for the George Floyd case against Derek Chauvin is going forward. I believe they that maybe they rest their case tomorrow. I'm not sure. But the point is, is that this is the climate in America right now. So you have this guy, George Floyd, who um, died through the course of apprehension. And our entire society right now, I think... I think history will look back and say that our whole society hinges on the outcome of this trial. And I think about this and then I think again about Martin Luther King. (laughs) And I think here was a man who was assassinated because he threatened the status quo. I mean, I, I, let me, let me rephrase that. I'm going to guess I'm going to, I'm going to throw out why I think he was assassinated because he threatened the status quo and he had this idea of unity 
which quite frankly is a very Christ-like idea. Jesus prayed it in John chapter 17 that the world would be one as he and the Father are one. This was his heart and his idea. And so instead of that being the people that are being rallied around, we're rallying around George Floyd. We're rallying around people who have criminal records. Um, Here is just a simple fact. God rest George Floyd's soul. But the simple fact is, is that at one point in his life, he held a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach and threatened to kill her and her unborn child uh, while she was being robbed. That's the hero that is being rallied around because, yes, he lost his life. Do I think he should have? No. But I also think there was a lot of events that led up to him losing his life. Do I think that a person should die of cancer? No, it's preventable. Some of the, some things, not, not all of it. Any preventable death, of course, I don't want that to happen. But we've got to realize that circumstances dictate things. And there was an old show, and I don't know if they still run it on, on the Discovery Channel, and it's called uh, Engineering Disasters. Did you ever see that show? I have, yes. So the thing about that show that I always found intriguing is for the disaster to take place, for this bridge to fall, had to have like a thousand failures to get to that point. When the when the space shuttle Challenger blew up, they went back and they researched this. And it's like, okay, how did this happen? Well, failure after failure. It's not one failure that leads to people dying. It's a series of failures. Right. And I would make the argument that in most cases, there are a series of failures. If a person is pulled over, because like here, here's the stats for 2020, 457 white people were killed by police officers, 241 black people, 169 Hispanics, 28 that are other, and 126 unknown. 360 officers lost their lives uh, in the line of duty in 2020. So that's significantly more than any other race but white people. White people died more than... I mean, I don't know the race of the police officers because apparently that's not important. It's just important that they're police officers, which I think is in and of itself telling. These stats, by the way, are according to Statista.com. If you want to check me on these, that's where I'm getting So how many police officers? 360 in 2020. 360, and how many are right now? 97. 97 in 2021. Wow. Yeah. So. But, Jeremy, before you continue, I didn't mean to interrupt there. No, you're good. Um, You're good. of those, how many times do you hear about it on the media? Mm. Well, let me just tell you, uh, I don't remember but a handful, maybe two or three officers. And, and, and in those cases, the main story wasn't that an officer lost his life. Right. It was a sub-story of That's the right. story. Well, That's right. they're not only dealing with, you know, the officer lost their life and everything that went into it, but these were their friends. These were, you know... They had each other's back. Sure. And nobody talks about the emotional side of the PTSD of that. Right. Nobody talks about that. And they got to go home and try to sleep <laughs> and get up the next day and hardly pro- maybe any time to process that, any time to deal with what all goes with that. In the in the peaceful process, protest that took fa- place on January 6th at the Capitol, and I'm just sticking with the narrative. Yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily personally call it peaceful protest, but Correct. I think that's how it's currently framed. Maybe not for that particular one, but we'll just frame them all that way. Uh, a woman lost her life at the hand of a police officer. Uh, that officer has not been charged with anything. Um, but yet the officer, 
a, a recent shooting now. Uh, uh, I don't know all the names because I don't, but that's okay. Um, an admitted accidental discharge of a firearm. That officer has been charged with uh, some form of a murder charge. I don't know if it's second. Is it manslaughter? Uh, the distinction between the victims. Let's just talk about the victims for a minute. The the uh, one victim had uh, the one on January sixth had um, at best would have didn't have any warrants, outstanding warrants or anything like that. Didn't have a criminal record that that has been made public anyway. Um, but was in the act of committing uh, a trespassing crime. So that she was trespassing on federal property. Uh, the the other one where there was a charge, uh, that person had uh, warrants for illegally owning a firearm, and there was the weapons were drawn because of a threat that was made. So I think the bottom line here is is that uh, from my vantage point, there is absolutely a double standard. Anybody who doesn't recognize a double standard just doesn't really process it. But I think they're okay with a double standard. They're okay with it because police officers, by and large, are bullies. They're wrong. They have racist motives. <laughs> I mean, like all these things. Now, I don't think that's true, obviously. Um, I will just simply speak from my personal experience. I do not know all law enforcement. I do know that every law enforcement officer I've ever known is a person of high character, high class. And I would trust them with my lives and the lives of my closest ethnic friends. Yes, correct. Now, I guess I'm just lucky. Mm. <laughs> You're in the minority. Apparently. <laughs> apparently so. Guys. Well, here, here, Here's my deal. I've been in law enforcement almost 25 years. And the training that we have to get just to maintain a basic certification is it is incredible i mean we have so much training we have to do in my almost 25 years at no point ever and i will say this there is no officer in this country ever that has received training that says let's go conduct a traffic stop let's go make contact with this person because of their skin color Right. because of their right. nationality right never ever ever mm. not part of our training right. yeah it's not it just it just we are not trained that way well it's not part of your training but it's obviously who who most all law enforcement officers are at the core right is that <laughs> absolutely you know yeah. that's that's where we're apparently at. so apparently yeah. so you yeah. know and, and and unfortunately uh again where we're at in this day and age it's 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 very sad yeah. um you're seeing a lot of good men and women get out of law enforcement Mm-hmm. You want to know why it's so hard to recruit into law enforcement? <laughs> I know it's, why. Is <laughs> because we get judged yeah. on everything we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have officers that are losing their lives daily because they're afraid to pull their weapon and use it when deadly force is required mm-hmm. because they are scared to death. A no DA is going to throw them in prison. Right. Wow. Absolutely. And 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 good men and women are losing their lives, and when they do. Nothing. You don't hear anything about it. Right. You don't know nothing about it. But if the roles are reversed, it's the first thing you see on the news. And sure. good troopers are retiring. Oh, yeah. Left and right. Absolutely. Every day. And yeah. you're, you're going to see more. Yeah. Not just troopers. I mean, officers mm. everywhere. Mm. And Brian, what, what's the incoming? <laughs> yeah, right, right. None. Because yeah. you, can't, you can't get, no one wants to do this job because, again, you're, you're mm. ridiculed before you ever, ever go through training. Yeah. Mm. Krista? 
I know that you do not want him to be in law enforcement one day longer if you had your druthers. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Okay. So first off, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Brian, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. It's not your obligation to keep me safe or keep any other people safe as a person. It's not your physical, personal obligation, but you take that on every day, and I appreciate it. Yes, I know that there are people that are that put on the uniform every day that are racist people. There absolutely are. There are people who don't put on the uniform every day who are racist people. Racism has existed since mankind has existed. It's not going to go away. I had this discussion with somebody the other day. Racism isn't going anywhere. Nope. It's just not. Doesn't mean I don't think it's bad. Doesn't mean I don't think we should call it out when we see it. But to to have this idealistic mindset that we can legislate out racism, it just doesn't work. You can't legislate any kind of morality. It's not possible. Morality is a matter of the heart. You want to start changing lives? Love. Love fiercely. That's the answer. I want to thank everybody for being a part of this podcast. If I alienated you today, if I set you apart from my world, if you were unhappy with the content you heard today, I am sorry. I love you and feel free to delete this podcast. For those of you who can appreciate at least hearing an other side of a story, there you go. Here it is. Thank you guys all for joining me today on Conversations. God bless you and we'll see you all next time.